What's up, soccer players? On this episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience, we're going to talk about the center midfield position and what you as a player need as far as the physical elements for your game. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? I'm well, I'm well, I'm well, but you know, somebody's he's been better than me because he's got his first job as a physical therapist, so we got to congratulate Andy. Yes, he's, sir. He's wearing adult pants now. He got rid of diapers. He's got his first job as a physical therapist. Man, how does it feel, man? You know you're not going back to school anymore. <laughs> never going to sit. Well, I never say never, but you're not going to sit in the classroom listening to boring-ass lectures for like two hours. None of that for a while, at least. For for a long time, man. Never say never. I mean, I'm not <laughs> gonna close that all all my doors yet. But today was a good day, you know. I had my my first patients and had a good eval, a good follow up visit, and yeah, things are flowing. Happy to be a, a working man. Drive commuting sucks, though. Let me. Oh, I'm not gonna talk about that, but. <laughs> You got to find a job like, like down the street from your house like me and you just walk to work. Got to move man. houses, man. That's what I got to do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is. How about you? How you doing? I'm hanging. Um, today's a lot better than yesterday. You know, yesterday I came I came home and I was like, man, I, 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 I suck. I can't treat anyone. I, I, I'm an awful therapist. Today, 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 what? today's. Today's uh, it's okay. Today was okay. I mean, we, we have those days, right? Just like you guys out there as soccer players, you have your days where one day you walk off the field, you're like, bro, how am I not with Barcelona yet? And other days you walk <laughs> off and you're like, bro, like, what am I? I'm not even a soccer player right yeah. now, you know? So it's the same in every field, you same, know? Same, same. But today we're talking about center mid, fitness as a center midfielder because – this is, I think, one of the, the most demanding mm -hmm. positions when it comes to fitness. Um, so we're going to do a good job today of talking over, one, what the job of a center midfielder is in terms of fitness, and two, how you, compare, how you can prepare for that fitness um, as part of your training, both in the preseason and during the season. Okay. So now when we, when we, when we, when we think about the the center midfield position basically essentially your job is to you you create an opportunity to put the ball in the back of the net that's that's the simplest way to describe it but <laughs> doesn't mean it's that easy because you you have to be good at passing short passing long passes you have to have some sort of dribbling skills not all center midfield has great dribbling ability but i would say most of them can't handle the ball first touch has to be immaculate 
you got to make runs and stay open so you can receive the ball. And most importantly, I think that position has nothing to do with um, physical, um, like a preparation, but decision-making. You got to be good at that. And you have to do all of this stuff throughout the whole pitch. Passing, dribbling, first touch, making runs, stay open, decision-making, all that within the whole pitch from the, from the edge of um, your six, this, the six-yard box to the six-yard box of your opponent. You have to cover all this area and making all these this, this passes. I mean, and, and, and doing all this stuff. And then when you don't have the ball, when the other team has the ball, your job is to make it hard for the, the other midfielders to create chances. You know, you got to position yourself the right way. You have to contain certain players. You know, you, you tackle. You got to be a pest sometimes like Verazzi does. Like, this is your job. Though arguably you can say that the, the very skillful center midfield usually don't like to participate that much in defending <laughs> in defending but um but not everyone's like Messi or Neymar who don't don't really necessarily do a lot of defending work but the, the rest of them have to position themselves well and they have to make some tackles here and there and that, that's your job man, for 90 there, minutes there's a lot there too and I want to bring it back to some of the the key elements you said is part of the center midfield role um passing dribbling first touch making runs decision making all of these things guys they get worse when you are tired when you are under fatigue those all drop right and you know it's going to happen so what you have to do is say hey i need to boost my fitness up to a point where it's more difficult for me to get fatigued That way, instead of my play getting a little bit sloppy at minute 30 or 45, it happens at maybe 85, 90. And you progress your fitness, you go on and on. So that way, eventually, fatigue won't be a limiting factor in your first touch or a limiting factor in your decision-making too because the center midfield, like your brain is always on. You're always scanning the field thinking of what do I have to do next if I get the ball who's open this that turning the head checking your shoulder you have to make sure that you're not so tired that your brain literally stops working on the pitch and depending on what games you have to if it's like a final semi-final playoff you know your your parents are there watching if you feel pro you thousands of people in the stadium watching the pressure makes all those even worse. Yep, yep. And it's it's tough. And especially for for let's talk about covering how much field you have yeah, to cover as a center a midfielder. Everywhere, right? Everywhere. There, there's not a portion of the pitch where you're not supposed to be. You're covering literally box to box. And yes, you might be attacking so you may be on one side of the ball, but let's say you're you're almost like a like an ESCO or a number 10. You're, you're still trapping back because you're the one who's going to receive the ball to play it forward, right? It's, it's not like you're really taking any plays off. No, you, you, you gotta, you, that, that's where your, your pacing strategy comes into play here and knowing where you should be on the field. And that comes with, with experience too. Yeah, because as a center mid, you could, you could run all day. Oh, right? yeah. you, could, you could literally be doing suicides, but 
you also have to be smart and saying, hey, I can't, I can't keep up this pace for 90 minutes. How do I allocate my energy throughout the game? So that way, when I, when I do need to make a run, I'm able to do so. Okay. So now how do you prep your body to be able to do all those skills that we mentioned earlier for 90 minutes? It's, it's tough, right? So, I mean, first of all, when it comes to, to pure distance, um, center mid is going to be second only to fullback, really. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, depending on the team and the tactics, it might be number one. Um, so that aerobic fitness, it's, it's going to be super key for you because mm-hmm. you're going to be going back and forth and the speeds aren't going to be as high as, let's say, fullback or winger. Mm-hmm but you're still going to have to be covering that distance. Yeah. So let's talk about first, first let's talk about fitness since, since, since you mentioned fitness, let's talk about fitness and how you, you, you should train for fitness. Like you said, you mentioned you, you covering a lot of distance at high intensity, but it's not necessarily like distance in a, in like in a straight line, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of zigzagging. So for me, if I'm training a midfielder, fitness training is going to be um, shorter distance, a um, lot of um, shorter distance, a lot of changing direction and with and without the ball. Because you spend, basically probably spend the most, you spend the most time in the game without the ball. So um, you, you, you got to, when you do your fitness training, you got to do those stuff without the ball a lot of drill without the ball and some drill with the ball too, but mostly without the ball. Cause most of the time it really, you just got to scan for like open spaces and run into those open spaces. Your, your training needs to be exactly like that. Yeah. And especially for, for these rapid changes in direction, because as a center midfielder, the ball could be, the ball could change direction, right? You're changing your direction in response to wherever the ball goes. So if somebody switches the field, you have to change direction. Mm-hmm. The ball goes forward, you're switching. If a through ball gets past your defense, you're switching. Versus every other position on the pitch, they kind of have at least one area where it's, it's almost like a safe zone where if the ball goes in that direction, they don't have to cover it, right? Mm-hmm. Center midfielder, you're, you're right in the middle, so you have to change every single direction. Yeah. And um, to, to add to it, um, when you do those fitness drill, one of the thing that's, uh, that, that will benefit you if you start adding decision-making into the fitness drill as well, because guess your whole job as a midfielder is to make decision. So in your fitness drill, as you get tired, you know, maybe the last two or three sets, you got to incorporate some like decision-making component, dual tasks that you're thinking as you do the drills. Oh, Nah, not fun. Yeah. Yeah, really, it, it gets more draining when you do it. But if you can practice this to win a game, it's a little easier. Yeah, and this is part of what makes – you know how, how soccer players always say, like, oh, there's a difference between being fit and being, like, soccer fit? Soccer, yeah. Like, this, this is one of those things. Like, this, is, this can make the difference between – you simply being on the field versus your brain being productive in a, in a state of fatigue. Crazy, 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 crazy. Now the other key aspect 
is because you're in the midfield, you run a lot of players. It's congested. So one of the key factors um, that's going to help you um, if, if, in your game is to prepare for a lot of explosive movement, explosive acceleration and deceleration. When you look at a player like, like a player like, let's say, um, a, a player like Messi, right? Always making short runs into the space to get the ball. And once he gets the ball, God, man, the, the way this guy accelerate with the ball, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like two players, boom, one touch is out. A little nutmeg. And next thing you know, he's already like three yards away from you. He's able to accelerate that quick. He's not necessarily like, like the fastest when it's come to long distance run, but in that in that little five yard run, he'll be he'll beat you every time. And that's what makes him a great player. But I think what makes him even a better player is his ability to decelerate. Like when when Messi, his ability to like quickly change direction on you like this, it's just oh my god. It's like, how yeah. does he do that? How does he go? He's running at full speed and, and he is able to like cut right away and come to a dead stop. It's like, you got to be able to do that as a midfielder. Like you might not be blessed like Messi, but you can <laughs> certainly work on that ability. And I can tell you explosive acceleration and deceleration, those skills are trainable. Yeah. And this is why, you know, strength training is also important too, right? Because you look at the, the deceleration technique and you say, hey, we can replicate that in the weight room by doing uh, an eccentric squat, you know? Yep. And it's, it's the same motion and you're able to control the load and slowly progress. So, okay, maybe you won't be able to stop like messing on a dime because that, that's a God-given talent, but you can improve yours, yep. right? And you can make sure that your acceleration is as consistent as it can be from minute one to minute 90 because man those 90 minute decelerations that's when that's when it hurts the most mm. that's true that's true and like you said in the strength training is one of the best way to train um for explosive acceleration and deceleration now normal soccer players don't like to hear about strength training but i can tell you if you if you want to be some people are fast and and explosive from, from day one. But if you want to, as you start getting a little older, like 25, I'd say, let's say like 24, when now all of a sudden now, pretty much all of a sudden when you, when you, when you were playing with other professionals, now the playing field is a little, <laughs> a little different. Everyone's season, everyone knows a little, a little thing or two on the field. Now you gotta, that's when you gotta put in the extra work. So it can give you a little edge. And even if it's just you increase your acceleration by like one meter per second, that could make a world of difference. And the way to mm. do that is in the weight room. Like yeah. Working on your rate of force development, working on deceleration. Yeah. And even, even when you're in the weight room, it's not only getting you that 1% faster, it's allowing you to use your 101% more days out of the week, right? So now that makes you more valuable. Your recovery is faster. Your capacity is high. You're able mm -hmm. to do more sprints more often. So you're able to showcase yeah. your pace. That's your natural talent more effectively. 
speaking of which because you you i i had for i almost forgot to brought this point uh you said um be able to be to do more sprint guess what when you're a midfielder guys we're in the midfield guess what you always dueling for the ball if, if you have the ball someone's trying to knock you off the ball so you gotta be strong man. you and also because you're covering a lot of distance at high intensity most midfielders are really really prone to injury because they they're doing a lot of work it's a, the, the the job is physically demanding so that's another area where strength training can actually help you because it it, it increases your resiliency and make you less prone to injury throughout the season not say you're never gonna get injured but you know that that amount's gonna be reduced significantly with strength training yeah and strength training it's it's important for all the midfielders like let's even take for example a, a little bit of a slower midfielder uh midfielder let's say like like casimiro right mm-hmm. super strong and strength training i think has really helped his development because naturally he's not that fast and yes we can give him all the speed agility work that we want he will never be that fast he'll certainly get a little bit quicker but it's not going to transform him so what if we take the one attribute that he already has currently his size his build his strength and we increase that to the max to the point where he's an unstoppable bull in the midfield and nobody wants to come near him right maybe that's what he needs you know so if you're out there and you're saying hey my build is kind of like his and i feel like i could just be a bully if i was strong enough then strength training that could be the answer for you yeah and lastly um, we, we we mentioned it earlier on of uh on the earlier points uh, is your ability to change direction that's that's you got to be efficient at moving at moving be efficient at cutting with the ball and without the ball that's where your 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 agility, your pull, your pull, your your cone drills comes into play. Um, practice, really going at full speed and turning around a cone or a pole, learning this technique, learning how to decelerate. That's what those those drills are for. And as a midfielder, you do that a lot, whether you notice it or not on the field. So the more the more efficiently you can turn. With and without the ball, you know the, the the less energy you spend, and because you're spending 90 minutes doing work at high intensity, if you can find a way to save some energy by moving more efficiently, you can make a world of difference. Like towards a late late minute in the game when you need a little push, and then you have that in the tank because you you move efficiently. Yes, sir. Um, it's kind of everything I had. Anything else you wanted to to throw in there for the midfielders out there? Um, no, me. It's it's it's. I would say um, we we talk about this um, the physical prep, but it, you know, it, it it can be hard to squeeze that in um into a, a a training program, especially when you're a little bit younger. You know, for this will go. This goes really well for players who are in there like say like 23 24 just just starting to get into the game but when you're young the job of a midfielder i mean what makes you really really great aside from um the the physical prep is it's your technique and that takes a long time you spend you're probably going to spend your whole youth learning the, the you know how to pass correctly dribble how to fine tune your first touch 
you know, learning the game to make decision that, that, that comes in. That's why, you know, when I see um, younger players not working, not, not trying to like get stronger, you know, I, I advocate for strength training, but I also understand why it's hard because when you're young, you got to focus on the technique a lot. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, um, I mean, I, I guess in summary, center midfield, tough position, boys, tough position. Oh, boys yeah. Girls. Um, yeah. Guy like distance Bruno through Fernandes. the roof. Yeah, yeah. Blue look Fernandes. at him. Blue and Fernandes make that thing look so easy. He does. And you know what? You look at his build. <laughs> he makes and it you're like, so easy. The, the guy is tiny, yeah. you know? He's tiny. And again, he uses his attributes to his advantage. Um, so I think that's one thing I, I kind of want to hit on again is realize what you're good at, realize what your limitations are, um, work on both of them and realize that this position is, is physically demanding and you have to be fit not only to last the 90 minutes, but to do things like make good decisions, have a good first touch, um, making the runs that you need at minute 90. That's I really what, what you got to not get dispossessed on. easy. Yeah on the ball yeah kevin de bruyne is another guy too that that makes it makes it look easy yeah too easy and we, we, defense look yeah. easy now too yeah. I don't yeah, like he does he does <laughs> of course we're not mentioning like the 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 freaks like um, lionel messi you know those those guys you know they, it's like it's like they came out of the box with with the manual I actually, I want, I want to talk about one more thing. So I saw this, this thread on Twitter saying the traditional number 10, like center attack mid and let's say like a mm-hmm. four, two, three, one, that, that position is now dead because four, two, I got to draw it. <laughs> four, two, three, one, it's, it's dead. Yeah. That, that's center attacking mid. Isn't that what Barca used to play when they were used, um, when they were, Killing um, when they were winning the Champions League. They, they yeah, had, not really. We, we were all yeah. with the four three three. But um, in in oh, that no, system, Liverpool, Liverpool did that. Yeah, yeah. Gerard used to play. Yeah, and in that system, that center attacking midfielder was often a player who was crazy talented, mm-hmm. um, but physically was a little bit lazy. So I'm looking at Coutinho. He played there. I'm looking at Mezudozil. He played there. Um, if you go over to Man City, De Bruyne used to play there. And physically, you know, Pep was able to develop him. So now he's able to play a little bit deeper. James Rodriguez, another great example. Guys, these are world-class players. Yeah. That technically, they there is not a thing they cannot do with the ball, right? Except for defense, well, without the ball, defensive work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> without the ball, that's where it gets a little bit easy, iffy. Mesut Ozil, lazy, weak, slow. He's out of the side. Why? Because he can only play in a four-two-three-one, right? He can't play a four-three-three. He doesn't have the physical attributes. Yeah, he he doesn't have the speed, the strength, or the stamina, right? Coutinho, a little bit different, but him in in a in a four-three-three, it doesn't fit. His role is limited, right? And he doesn't have the pace to play as a true winger. Um, same thing with De Bruyne. It used to be the fact that he couldn't play deeper. What did he do? He upped his strength. He upped his stamina. Now he could play in a deeper role, right? So 
when, when it comes to center midfielder, your physicality, I really do think it could be the difference between you being in the starting 11 uh, and you not even being on the squad. Like, I think that's, that's how big it is. I didn't think about it that way, but when you, when you put the formation, when I just drew that formation, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, if you, if you put Coutinho on the wings, and you kind of have to, like, travel back to help with the, the fullback. But is the, are we doing inverted fullback in that four? I mean, four, two, three, one? Because if the fullback's coming up, then if Coutinho's on the wing, it that, doesn't have to. Uh, I, I mean, it depends. But, like, that kind of brings up the point itself, and he's now a liability. You know, now you have to think about what he you, can't yeah, do you, instead of what he can ball, do. Don't even, don't even count on him. Yeah, yeah. And now that entire side is weak. And let's say you do get the ball and you have a counter, he doesn't have the pace to, to go against that opposite fullback. You know, so now everybody is picking up after his slack. So uh, that's one thing I, I kind of saw on Twitter. It was a cool thread. Just wanted to bring that up. Well, that is it, guys. That's all we had for you guys today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Right. See y'all next give week. Give us a five-star review. Yeah, 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 please. We, we, we really need them. And if, we, if you guys have any suggestion on things that we should cover, like, don't, don't, don't be scared to hit us up on, on social media. Speaking of which, I feel like we, we should, should have, like, a website or a social media page just for that podcast. Or even just like a somehow like a questions page. Let's let's work on that. We could we could think of something. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. See y'all next week. Peace.